taking a second here. We're live. What is going on, guys? Welcome. Welcome. You are live here in the sit down with the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God. My bad, Lance. I don't know why it was a little pause there for the brief opening. But, of course, you're here live in the sit down here on the Built of Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings. Hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God, across all social media platforms, joined here with the president of Built in Buffalo and my guy at Lance B.I. at Lance Nelson B.I.B. So, Lance, uh, how are you doing this week? Doing real well. Um, Bill's Mafia, how you doing? So, you want to kick off a little bit of an introduction? We are live here in the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, and joined here with my co-host, as always, the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson B.I.B. Lance, uh, you know, so recently the most the most prominent Bills uh, news that we've actually received is that the, the Bills have extended Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, locking them through 2027. So I just want to real fast, before we kind of like get into anything else, and if you're just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share button. And don't forget that this is also available via audio podcast after this uh, official show is over, which we are live here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But Lance, what was your initial reaction when you saw that they were locked up and going to continue this regime? Yeah, I was a bit surprised, obviously, at the timing of it. It was a Friday just kind of came out of the blue for me. I wasn't expecting to hear of anything like that, but, uh, you know, I didn't hate it. Uh, you know, I, I like these, these two and, um, excited for what the future brings under their guidance. I think the thing that surprised me the most was that in a time where NFL coaches are constantly being fired and general managers are being removed from their duty, it just seems to me, that we in Bill's Mafia, if we didn't really like the extension, are either, one, just fed up with coming up short, which I guess I can understand that, or two, a little ungrateful for exactly what these two have brought to this entire franchise. I mean, it's everything that the Bills have brought with their success has only you know, rippled off into an effect that goes into all of Western New York. You know, the way that we have come together as a community and the way that you're seeing our community be more and more noticed and being appreciated for all that we have, right? So it kind of shocked me a little bit at first. I reported it, I put it on Facebook, and um, initially some of the fans' reaction were, you know, obviously positive and upbeat, and they were excited about this extension because, like I said, you've got a, a head coach that's brought you to the playoffs Basically every year except for one season that uh, he has been the head coach and that one season was when we drafted Josh Allen and was considered to be a rebuilding year, just like the first season he brought us to the playoffs, right? But it kind of shocked me because I saw a lot of negativity about it. So in this episode of The Sit Down, we are actually going to discuss kind of, you know, some of the best moments of the McBean area, right? And that's what we are dubbing this era of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, um, general manager and head coach. But we're going to highlight some of the best moments. We're going to highlight some of the worst moments. And Lance and I are also going to talk about some of the things that they could do better. Some of the things that they maybe um, have as a better advantage than other coaches in the NFL and other general managers in the NFL. We're going to highlight all of that. So guys, if you haven't done so, hit that like and share. Join us here in the comments as I have highlighted again. Questions on Super Chat over on YouTube. So if you're watching on Twitter right now, do us a favor. Hit that follow. 
Hit that retweet. Join us on the YouTube channel right now so you can join in on the comment section with myself and Mafia Montage, and you can join here in the discussion, here in the sit-down. So, Montage, um, you know, the first things first, we got to go into a little bit of our segments here, uh, and, and this is going to do away with the McBean era that we're going to discuss here in the show, but this one right here is, is huge, right? Bada-bing, bada-boom, Montage. I got to lead it off first. Um, I believe we've got a little bit of a video for that as well. This week's bada bing bada boom, which is the good that we've seen in the world of sports, not just the Buffalo Bills, right? Because, you know, unfortunately, the Buffalo Bills don't play 24-7, right? I wish that they did, but, you know, that might get a little tiresome. But bada bing bada boom this week, Montage, I think you already know where I'm headed with this one. The 24th ever perfect game was just tossed last night by my beloved New York Yankees, and they also smacked the heck out of the ace, 11-0, Domingo Herman became the fourth Yankee and the 24th pitcher ever to complete a perfect game, which if you don't know what a perfect game is, it's not just a no-hitter. It is also no walks and no errors. Nine up, I'm sorry, 27 up, 27 down. He had nine strikeouts through nine innings, and that was an incredible performance. Montage, only 99 pitches. That's got me saying, bada-bing, bada-boom, congratulations to Domingo Herman, the starting pitcher for the Yankees, and Kyle Higashioka, who I happened to catch that game. So, Montage, what do you got for us this week in bada-bing, bada-boom? Yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming around. Uh, just happy, you know, really um, around Buffalo, I want to say. is just a lot of things coming out now that summer's here. Um, training, tap, training camp tickets were released uh, for the Bills. Um, so we have a little more of a, of a schedule structured. I kind of know where I'm going to be and when and what I'm going to be able to see. Um, so just a, a really cool feeling. Uh, I was able to get my son out to the stadium a couple of weeks ago, and that was fun. Um, and just getting out in the community now, if you guys haven't um, done so, follow me on Twitter. Uh, let me know what events you have going on, on out in the community. Um, love to show up and, and be a part of anything you guys got going on out there. So, um, you know, like I say, give me a follow at Lance Nelson BIB. Um, you know, we're loving to be, in, be out in the uh, community. We went over to Froth Brewing and, and the Wing Nuts there, and, and I saw. Uh, Peter DiBiase, my co-host on Tuesday nights as he was producing the Shout podcast out there. And we were able to get with the fans and, and see some guys that we've met on the internet, but not in person. So um, doing great things. Um, you know, had another conversation with Stevie Johnson last night, uh, former Bills wide receiver. So so really cool stuff happening here, not only within Built in Buffalo, but also just in the Buffalo community in general. So um, you saw DeMar Hamlin get honored at the Pittsburgh Pirates game, um, throwing out the first pitch there. So just continuing his uh, trail, I guess, of celebrity and, and continuing his story. Um, we've got a lot of CPR classes and all that all that awareness for, for CPR. So really cool now that summer's here. Everyone's getting out, doing a lot of things in the community, and um, I can't wait to continue. we got a golf outing coming up with Buffalo Go on That's 716. Right. So it's going to be just a lot of fun. I'm trying to get out there and do as much as I can with the Bills Mafia, um, Grills Mafia as well. I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, those folks and um, meet up with them. I was at the Grills Mafia event that was over at Como Park in Lancaster. So just a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. So um, really, really cool uh, that the summer's here and we can get out in the community. That's where I thrive. 
Excellent stuff. So montage, great things for bada bing, bada boom. Another thing that I wanted to highlight real fast is uh, that DeMar Hamlin, the team that was responsible for him will be honored at the ESPYs. Um, We've seen a lot coming into light um, with that whole entire staff, which they deserve every second of it. And then some, um, that's a really great thing that I saw, but also too, I saw that Tim settle was on NFL network this morning for good, uh, good morning football. And he was discussing, um, I believe it was a former Naval intelligence officer that was there to aid. And so I, I didn't catch the entire you know bit of it, but I heard that he was responsible for like basically saving somebody's life. I don't know what it entailed, but that was another great thing to see too, as well. Um, so shout out to that guy <laughs> and shout out to Tim Settle's football camp as well. If you're just now tuning in, man, you're live here in the sit down of the built up Buffalo networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter with myself, the sauce God and the mafia montage here, the president of built in Buffalo and my co-host here. This is presented by Dove's Famous Wings. And don't forget that Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Western New York. Ticket IQ, Picasso's Pizza, PLB Sports, and Underdog Fantasy Montage. Let me tell you something, man. We are getting closer and closer to the Buffalo Bills training camp, right? You know, it's it's about to be July, which means that we're going to have some football this month, right? And the next month, we're going to have some preseason in August. You know what I mean? So I'm really excited for what is going on with this Bills team. I guess the one thing that I'm not excited about, though, I'm not excited about all the negativity, right? And that's going to take us here into our next segment. We'll take some comments after this segment, guys. Don't forget that Super Chat is heavily prioritized. And if you're watching on Facebook, you can actually send stars as well. That'll get your comment highlighted ASAP, Rocky, by me and Montage here. So let's go into Forget About It, the ugly that we've seen in the world of sports, Montage. What's Forget About It? Disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac? Forget about it. Looks like sauce Directed by the sauce guy again. You know what I'm saying? So montage, you know, this is a segment. Uh, it looks like I did freeze up temporarily. You know, of course, you gotta love the internet and the broadband connection that exists with Verizon Internet, but we are gonna still push through. We're gonna maintain steady montage because you know that's all we do. We bolster up here. If you guys are just now tuning in, though, you're live here in the sit-down. We're live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this is one of our usual segments here. Me and the Mafia Montage. So montage, forget about it. Is the ugly that we've seen in the world of sports this week? What do you got for me? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ugly on social media, and we, we know that comes with the territory. Um, it's weird. I just, you know, even complimenting other content creators and things like that, that people find a way to uh, turn that into negative. Um, and I'm not going to pick on Brian here, but he left us a comment on our um, Facebook page uh, prior to the show. And I want to, and I don't know if he's watching or not, but he, he says the Bills lose terribly again in the playoffs or don't make the playoffs. The extension means nothing to McDermott. It'll keep being, but McDermott will be gone. Um, I don't agree. Uh, so for, I'm bringing this in as my forget about it, uh, Brian. I think that McDermott is loved here. They love what he's doing. They want to compete every single year. They don't care that they're not blaming the coach. Not that they don't care. They're not blaming McDermott specifically for their failures in the postseason. There's been... A lot of things going on, a lot of factors in it. Um, were there mistakes made on his part? Sure. Um, was it all his fault that we lost each of those playoff games? No. Um, there's players out there on the field that have to do their jobs and ex- execute at, us at a high level, and they haven't done that. Josh Allen hasn't been, um, you know, in those games we've lost, he hasn't been the superstar great quarterback that we're used to seeing. Um, and a lot of that... Uh, 
well, there's a lot of reasons for that that we're not going to get into. But but the idea that McDermott um, is going to be gone if, if the Bills don't uh, don't continue um, or don't win a Super Bowl, I think that that's you know McDermott's not on a hot seat. Um, we spoke with Dan Fates from Rochester um, on the Buffalo Blitz on Tuesday, and I think that you know he said you know these guys are are highly coveted inside the building and so i'm going to trust that and say you know when everybody talks about mcdermott being on the hot seat forget about it amen to that montage you well said that's the thing here is i don't agree with the the comment made either is i i just don't think that oh and and i don't want to make excuses ever i've just always believed that you got to go out there you got to find ways to win games no matter what the situations entail no matter if the referees are against you you got to go out there and you got to just simply try to find a way that's what makes the great teams the great ones right so i look at the situation but you have to understand that there there were players that were not on the field too like vaughn miller uh, how about our all-pro safety of Micah Hyde? How about a healthy Tredavious White and a fully confident Tredavious White for most of the year as well? There were just so many things that derailed this team, but most of those things montage were injury, right? So I definitely agree with that segment. But if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down of the Built-In Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and we are live here in the Forget About It segment. And if you're out there in those comments, get them flowing in. And remember that Super Chat is heavily prioritized if you're watching on YouTube. So... Uh, we've got a little comment here from Mr. Let's Talk 716, Robbie, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bobby. Bobby. He said, yeah. <laughs> so he said he had a blast with you last night, Montage, and apparently I'm next, right? So he had Sal Capaccio, he had you, and he's got me coming on. So this guy's got a star-studded lineup. Check him out on Twitter if you guys haven't already done so as well. That's the Let's Talk 716 Sports Podcast, and it's hosted by Mr. Robbie Snyder. And what's uh, what's Trey saying here, Montage? Yeah, Trey's coming in. Uh, appreciate you, Trey, being in the comments. Uh, he's got a couple here, um, and I don't mind talking about him. Honestly, this is a nice little take here that eighth, Ken Dorsey's ranked eighth best in offense efficiency per patent analytics, which takes into account market expectations. Like, not bad at all for a year one coordinator being top 10 in any analytical field. I think that the Bills mm-hmm. prioritize analytics in their building. I think they use them um, to dictate their game plans and things like that. So um, the one thing Ken Dorsey has to get better at this season is managing Josh Allen's sugar high in the games or the the way that Allen will hold the ball or try to just get the big play. We've got to get some easy things. We talked about this again, and I don't want to just rehash everything from the blitz, but you know, one of the things that Dan Feetz brought up that was really impressive and, and I thought was really good is that, you know, there's they stopped kind of taking the easy ones. There's not, you know, they're they're not just throwing, you know, I, I yelled at Dan kind of on the on the show. I was like, throw a screen pass because they're just not giving um Josh kind of those easy dink and dunk throws. And it kind of makes me wonder how much Ken Dorsey had a hand in some of the plays that were gonna be, you know, that were called at the line of scrimmage. You know, was Allen audibling, was Allen changing the plays, changing the calls to what he thought was best based upon what he saw. And if that's the case, then fine. I mean, I think he's a good enough player that you can kind of give him the playbook and let him ride with it and give him full control. But then that kind of like Dorsey is a quarterback. He knows um, how the game's going. He's got to step in and be able to change. A national champion quarterback too. Don't forget, you know. 
So I think that, you know, Dorsey um, was pretty good. And although it's not hard when you have, you know, the blueprint from what Dable left and what Dorsey inherited, I, I think that um, for sure that, that Ken Dorsey uh, is going to improve and get better at play calling, but he's got to get better at managing Josh as a whole, I think. And that's going to uh, mean the world to the Bills offense. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, we were just touching on the forget about it segment, and that kind of actually reminds me, that takes me into the next part of it. And that's just simply like you're saying about, you know, the negativity towards Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. But mine specifically is just like the negativity towards this 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 whole roster. I've seen people to refer to Vaughn Miller as made of glass. The guy is a two-time Super Bowl champion and a Super Bowl MVP and happened to suffer a terrible injury in a situation that's unfortunate. You know, that kind of stuff right there, I just – I don't really like it, right? I'm a person that thinks – you got to see the best outcome. You got to see, you know, the positive side of things and you got to learn from things. Right. And you got to also be appreciative of what you got. So that's another thing I want to say to Bill's Mafia. I love Bill's Mafia to death. But remember that these people are, are also human beings. Right. This is a squad that goes out there and they try to put on a show and they try to win games for us so that we can have some hope and we can have. some. But at the end of the day, guys, you know. We've got a good squad. We've just been a little unlucky. That doesn't mean we're cursed. Doesn't mean anything negative. Let's just go out there, play football, and hope for the best and hope things go our way, right? That's all I got to say. Because other than that, if you got anything else to say other than that, then all I got to tell you is forget about it, right? So, Montage, any other comments real fast uh, before we actually move on to our next segment here? Um, I see that we got a couple people live over there. Yep. I'm saving one that I've, I'm saving this one for a segment if we can. Um, but it looks like you uh, you got jumped there. I don't know. You'll have to get Buffalo Bobby on that. Uh, John's agreeing with me to take pressure off Josh. Um, I think it just it has to has to happen. Um, John wants. Yeah. So this is an interesting topic, and we can we can talk about this if you'd like. But um, Josh Allen's the most efficient runner on the roster. He's the. I know he's our quarterback. I know. Yeah. It's taboo for quarterbacks to be running. And, and things, but but look, he's really good at it. He has the mobility. But he's good at and it. I know it's not going to last forever, and I understand, but while he's young and can do it, that's going to help us win games. Now, I don't want him doing it week two in the second quarter, but if it's game on the line, and that's the thing, you can't really hold him back from playing his game. He's going to play it, whether it's the first quarter of week one or the last quarter of week 18. He's just, that's the way he's wired. That's what he does. That's how he plays. So I, I, I agree, you know, we can hand the ball off, but handing the ball off basically takes the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. And I don't necessarily agree with taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands too many more times than we already have been on the design run plays for the running backs. I think that's a great comment though brought up because I I disagree a little bit here, Montage. I think that more running back runs is not a bad thing. You want to utilize Josh, yes, but the way that we've used him in certain situations and in certain seasons, right, is just like we used him at the right time. And I think that this is what's made him such an effective runner in, like, you know, moments where he leapt over the defender in Kansas City or where, you know, he's basically juking out Matt Judon situations like that, right? They used him at the right moments. We relied on him way too much last season. I, I love Josh and he's capable of carrying a team and he's capable of doing everything in the world. And then some, I really will always say that and I'll stand by it. You know, regardless of his turnovers, the kid does 
everything you ask him to do and then some. And I think that it's only right to take a little bit off his shoulders just because sometimes, yes, he 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 plays with no fear. And, and that's the thing I love about Josh Allen. That's the thing I wouldn't change about his DNA either is that he plays with no fear, right? But there's moments we've got to be able to have more threats and something more to respect. Now, in traditional football, you run until they can stop the run. You, you, you make them respect the run, and that sets up what? The play-action pass. Well, that's one of the things that Josh Allen does the best. So I think that when we've had Devin Singletary consistent or James Cook consistent in previous seasons, I think that this offense has just functioned way better. And I think that, you know, Josh has exploded onto the scene in, in a way where in year three from year two was just a crazy leap, right? But he is still playing at an elite level, and he is still not touch the ceiling. I just think that if you could take the load off of him, let him be a more responsible quarterback because he, even Brady was able to hand the football off, right? Brady was nothing but a passing quarterback, but this is a guy that could hand the football off and you know just trusting in the system and trusting in the guys around him because that's what you're supposed to do as a team, right? It's not just Josh Allen that leads his Buffalo Bills squad, but if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and co-hosted by mine, none other than the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson B.I.B., the president of Built-In Buffalo, and the co-host of the Buffalo Blitz on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, also uh, presented by, I'm uh, sorry, Underdog Fantasy. So, Montage, let's go into our next segment here, and we'll take some more comments after we get through victory formation. But we've got a little bit of a, a, a great, glorious moment to talk about here with victory formation. Montage, let's kick that video off. You know, so Montage, your favorite win under McBean, I'm going to give you this one to start, right? Because there's there's a couple different that I can choose from. So if you take my first option, I'll be okay with it. But what is your favorite all-time win? And if you're in the comments, let us know as well. What is your favorite all-time win under this current regime that exists in Buffalo? Montage, start us off here, brother. Yeah, the one I that sticks out most as I was thinking about talking about this is that win over the Ravens in the playoffs in 2020. Um, where Teron Johnson took the interception back for a touchdown out of the end out of the end zone, and I was at that game. It was the first game I was able to go to since the shutdown, um, you know, of the pandemic. So I I just I'm gonna remember that one for a long time. I'm gonna talk about it often when we talk about kind of all time games for for my memory and things like that. The Baltimore Ravens um, victory against them in the, in the playoffs. Uh, at at in Buffalo, kind of probably one of the first home playoff games we had in a while, and I don't remember, you know, the necessarily the stat on that, but I but I think it was uh, one of the first playoff games we'd had in Buffalo for in a long time, and and just the way that game unfolded, the way that that defense uh, was able to defend a, a Ravens attack, I think that that just was my favorite on on you know kind of showing what McDermott's all about and kind of putting a nice bow on it with that Tron Johnson pick. Yeah. So I think that's a great choice and I'm surprised you actually didn't steal mine. So I'm going to give you two here, right? Because I want to give you one that I was able to watch 
and I think was one of the most incredible football games I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was one of the best results, right? But I also want to give one that I was actually at, and I'll give a little bit of a backstory to it too as well. So uh, first, the, the best one I've ever seen was definitely like, whether it's in person or in on TV, was the win against the Patriots in the playoffs at home. In cold, freezing conditions, the Bills first Patriots, perfect game. And I love the way that John – just dub that right because it was the Bills come out every single offensive possession and they score a freaking touchdown. Josh Allen was electric in in that playoffs. Josh Allen was near a perfect quarterback passer rating. Like that's crazy, right? That's absolutely insane. But that game was justice for all of us in Bills Mafia that endured two losses a year to that Patriots squad, especially at home. And you know, like it was just something that was so. It felt so right. It felt like we earned some revenge, right? And it also just was a time, whoo, man, freezing out there for Bill's Mafia. But winning that playoff game was incredible. I think you can't sum it up any better, right? Micah Hyde with that pick on Mac Jones was just like, boom, you ain't going to do shit today, right? But the I didn't best mind one, watching that one from my couch, to be honest with you. <laughs> dude, it was just like, you know, I wish I could have been there, though, because like I've told stories that my mom was actually pregnant with me at the previous coldest Bills game in history at that point, which was, I think, a playoff game against the um, Raiders on Monday Night Football or something like that. I don't know. But my favorite I've ever seen in the stadium, and that's easy. It's just the day that <laughs> Josh Allen wins his first Offensive Player of the Week for the AFC, and that was the the retirement game for Kyle Williams. And Wow, was that incredible just to watch Josh Allen go out there and absolutely torch the Dolphins. And I love that one also because, you know, Josh Allen is torching them, right? And all before that game, I had this one buddy that was a Miami Dolphins fan that just talked smack and just was like, oh, Dolphins. Yeah, you don't want to talk smack because Josh Allen came out there. And that's when Josh Allen adopted the Dolphins as his sons. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Montage, that's what I got for my. My favorite wins under the McBean area. And let's see, do we got any other comments you want to highlight before we move on into our next segment? Yeah, definitely being against uh, Bill Belichick makes it even better. So, um, you know, we know we kind of lost to them earlier in the year and a little bit of a fluky thing. So um, definitely. So uh, that's all we got for victory formation. Excellent. Montage. Great. <laughs> jump the gun on that one real quick so all right montage so the worst defeat under the mcbean era is the next one that we're going to talk about here so if you're watching in the comments also let us know what is the worst uh you know defeat under this mcbean regime montage um and if you guys haven't done so already hit that like and share keep those comments flowing and of course remember super chat is heavily prioritized and facebook stars are heavily prioritized subscribe to that youtube channel like us on facebook follow us on twitter and mafia montage what do you think was the worst defeat under the McBean regime? Yeah, for me, you know, um, I don't want to pick the easy one, but 13 seconds, you know, that game against Kansas City where uh, if, the, if the Bills win, I guess the reason why it's the worst for me, and I'll tell you, you know, the story of how it all came about. So I'm, I literally was watching this in my basement by myself just, um, you know, hoping it was like they got up, they got down. I thought we we're going to lose. They got up, I thought we we're going to win. You know, it's back and forth. So then it's like, all right, now there's little time left. We find, um, you know, we 
finally kind of take the lead. And it's like, all right, this is happening. Um, you know, I'm checking my bank account. I got enough money to pay for the tickets that are going to come out as soon as this game's over. Um, you know, I'm, I had seasons, so it was like, all right, once this game's through, um, you know, I know that they're going to withdraw, you know, the money from, from my card and all that on my account. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And then just again, just, um, you know, get blasted. And it's just kind of a sickening turn. Uh, in person, though, um, the worst defeat, hands down, um, I, I agree with David here, uh, Cincy in the playoffs last year. My uncle flew in from Carolina. Um, you know, he was the reason kind of that I got into the Bills. He lived in Buffalo when I was young, growing up. And, you know, it was kind of one of those nostalgic things, like, let's go back, you know, where this all started, all this stuff. And, you know, he and I are just sitting there. And, you know, I, one, at one point, I just start putting, um, you know, my my uh, head between my hands and just like, man, they just can't get out of their own way. They just can't move the ball and do anything. So um, those are the worst defeats, you know, kind of for multiple different reasons that I named. But uh, in person, definitely the disappointment from all the hype that went into that Bengals game is, is definitely there. I think for me, and it's, there's easy with the super chat right there saying last year's Bengals 13 was a scrap. And I, I can see where you guys are headed with this one, right? But I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a different take, right? This might surprise some. Um, and although it was a success in, in a crazy year and a year that we get our first home playoff win in however many years and, you know, and everything that we were able to accomplish that year winning the AFC East. Um, but going to the AFC championship game, and losing to Kansas City the way that we did, where we didn't look anything like ourselves. We didn't look like we belonged in that football game. And I think that that's when it kind of overcast this shadow of doubt if we could get over the Kansas City Chiefs, if we could beat them in the playoffs. And that's always been something that I feel has kind of lingered, right? So I feel like we've got to get past those Kansas City Chiefs to kind of undo it. And we've done it in the regular season, sure, especially in the last two seasons consecutively. But in the playoffs, it's a different story, right? It's a complete different story. We all know how 13 seconds went, but that AFC championship game, it just – we didn't look like ourselves. Josh Allen was elite that year. Our Bills offense was crazy that year. The defense was also solid that year, and it just looked like Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be the dominant ones of the AFC at that point. So I thought I always felt like at that point, because of that a shadow that was kind of, you know, that overcast that existed at that point, that's kind of what's got me saying that that's the worst – loss and under the uh, McBean era. So I'm not sure what you think about that one, Montage. What's your take on that? Yeah, that was kind of third in my queue. I was uh, going to pick that because you just have the the view of, you know, that picture of Diggs standing there, right? And it's just burned in your your brain. Um, and that comes so close, you know, and that's the closest we've been, um, you know, since the 90s. And it, I, I agree 100%. I mean, all those um, uh, were, were top tier uh, disappointments and, and just unfortunate as, as much as it hurts I you know it's the off season and, and we gotta let a little pain train out here uh, today um, so if you guys got anything else let us know in the comments we got a couple regular season uh, games here um, yeah. Tyrod versus the Jags home against the Colts getting blown out definitely um, home against the Saints I was at that oh. one too I just Ended up at Duff's in Orchard Park. Literally, not just saying it because they're our sponsors, but literally left the game and went and had Duff's because I was like, yeah. I just need some wings right now, you know?
I'll tell you, here's here's another one too that you could technically consider one of the worst as well. Um, and that's got to be against the Jaguars by by Vegas numbers, right? We were 16 and a half point favorites, and everybody's saying, Oh, is it a trap game or is it the Bills really gonna come out here and you know beat them by 17 or more? And 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 that game wasn't really something that I'm blaming on Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean, right? I'm just saying that game sucked, right? Because there was that there was that whole like minute and a half where they, they turned around a penalty and then they just put it on Tredavious White as pass interference, but nobody saw it. It was at a commercial break and they come back at that freaking moment. I think it was still first quarter. That's when I go, something's not right here. And I started wagging my finger just like this, Montage. I go, something, something ain't right here, right? So that's one of the other worst ones under the McBean era. And uh, you know what I the worst one that I saw was definitely the the Vikings, right? Because you know. Dude, just watching that whole thing. I'm in my first ever overtime game, and just boom. You know, Josh Allen throws the pick in the end zone. That kind of sucked. But there's Mr. Joe Monster McDonald. How you doing, brother? And good to see you. And, of course, you know, guys, check him out. He is also a Bills content creator and also a Bills super fan. But, Montage, we got any other comments that you want to highlight here before we get into our next segment of the Unsung Hero? Yeah, I think David makes a great point here. We have no idea. And that's the hardest part about 13 seconds is you have no idea why they let that happen. And it's been talked about at nauseum, but I, I don't understand why uh, what happened out there happened. And, you know, still had overtime, you know, lost the coin toss and, and that. But, geez, you know, it just there's so many easy things that could have been done to prevent that. And that's, you know, why I kind of picked it as, you know, my worst, because it just seemed like everything was there. And we, it was we the most the, gut-wrenching by far. We had the team. It was, you know, we had everything clicking that year. Um, you know, we had the, we had the chiefs beat and not that the, not to take anything away from the Bengals, but, you know, I don't think that Bengals team was going to match up very well the next week in Buffalo. Um, in the in an AFC championship game and we don't know what would have happened then obviously but but you gotta believe and and I do certainly in my mind that you know the Bills would have been poised to take that one at home and, and head to you know the first Super Bowl in three decades you know so it's just that's why um you know 13 seconds to me was just the worst pain because it just everything was clicking for this team and it was just a one play or two play lapse um, that just cost the whole damn season. And it's kind of, you know, ironic too, because we're discussing, you know, the ups and the downs of the McBean era live here in the sit down uh, presented by Dove's famous swings. And, and it's kind of ironic because this is one of those things that Sean McDermott was heavily criticized for, you know, for his, his lack or, or Leslie Frazier, one of the two, right? It's either one of the two that's always being criticized for this moment, specifically because we were 13 seconds away from, again, hosting the AFC Championship and then potentially beating the Bengals and going to the Super Bowl at that point, right? Um, I just, holy cow, man. You know, it, it really was a tough one. It was the most gut-wrenching one that I've endured in the McBean era. Um, but, you know, it's also one of those things that, it, it like I said, it creates an opportunity to arise from it and, and achieve greatness. Right. And that's something that I felt we did by beating them in the regular season, the final, uh, the, the, you know, the, the following season again. Um, but this bill squad has definitely got to find a way to get over the Kansas city chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we're going to go into our next segment here of uh, the unsung hero. Of course, this is the, uh, 
sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings live here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget the Built in Buffalo is in partnership with PLB Sports, West Her, Ticket IQ, Picasso's Pizza, and Underdog Fantasy. And the sit down is hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God on all social medias and co-hosted by the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson, B.I.B. on Twitter. Montage, let's get ourselves that video and let's get into the unsung hero. Yeah, I'm going to take this one first all. And then I think that um, people really got to look out this year for a guy like Bobby Babich. I think that uh, the linebackers coach has a, a young core group there. You have Milano as the leader, and then you got a lot of unknown behind him. And uh, got his work cut out for him, but I think that he can handle it. And I really think McDermott, you know, calling the plays, and he's going to rely on the assistants um, like Bobby Babich there, the linebackers coach for the Bills, who's going to have to get um, – you know, one of the new, one of the newer guys. That, uh, I know Dodson's been around, but he hasn't really played a ton of snaps on defense. He's been mostly special teams. So I think when it comes to, um, you know, which guy I think is underrated, I'm thinking of who can make the biggest impact. You know, without really people knowing um, the impact he has, and I think that Bobby Babich getting those linebackers ready uh, to play that pivotal role in our defense is going to be clutch for us this season you know this is actually going to maybe be a little bit surprising here but i'm actually not going to give you a member of the staff i'm going to give you sean mcdermott himself as the unsung hero and the member of this staff that is most underrated right because i'm looking on espn today and they're highlighting the you know best quarterback tandems and it said that josh allen and sean mcdermott was eighth after jalen hurts and nick sirianni who have had one year of success right you know what i'm saying so like i just don't understand where this constant disrespect and unappreciation for the guy is when he has turned this franchise around completely, especially not just in the culture, right? But with success, Josh Allen uh, being the quarterback. Yes. Is, is great. He's a all world athlete, right? But without a guy like Sean McDermott and this entire coaching staff and everybody that exists at one bills drive, as far as what we are doing in this regime are so heavily underrated, but Sean McDermott just never gets the credit, right? He doesn't get the coach of the year opportunity. He should be too. I felt like there was plenty of opportunities for him to be coach of the year and he just wasn't. And I don't think that that's something that he necessarily focuses on. And, um, you know, I don't think that he necessarily gets so focused on that to where he is not focused on winning a Super Bowl or, you know, he's, he's not concerned with individual awards. Right. But again, Sean McDermott has not been appreciated. I don't think by the NFL, the way, that he definitely should be, regardless of any situations that have happened in the playoffs, what he has been able to do with this Bill squad and the way that he has been able to get this Bill squad in the playoffs year after year says to me that he's very uh, underrated. And that's got uh, for my unsung hero of the week. Montage, let's go into our next one here of the weakest link. And this is going to be the position coach that has got the most to prove. You got to love that. Every week I love that. But Montage, the position coach that has the most to prove, and for me, I'm just going to go ahead and say because, you know, I'm an offensive guy, it's got to be Ken Dorsey because Leslie Frazier is away from the team this year, right? And we don't know if that was his choice or if he was kind of forced out or if he's kind of the fall guy, yada, yada. We don't really know. But Ken Dorsey was allowed to come back another season, which I felt like was the right choice. I'm not saying anything against it. But he's got to come in and he's got to find a way to fine-tune this offense and figure it all out, right? He's had a year under his belt. 
And it is a big jump from being a quarterback coach to becoming the offensive coordinator, the guy that's going to call the plays with Josh Allen as your quarterback, right? And it's not exactly the, you know, easiest, you know, keys to be handed from somebody. Uh, so I think that Ken Dorsey still has got a lot to prove. He's got to fine tune this offense. We've got to find ways to limit those mistakes, limit the penalties, and become a more efficient squad, right? That's the way that we're going to win football games. It's great defense and efficient offense. Montage, who do you think is the position coach that has got the most to prove? Yeah, I saved this uh, comment from a little bit ago, and I hope Trey stuck with us. Um, will Josh Allen ever get a league average O-line? That's why Josh isn't Superman every playoff game. Totally agree. I mean, I understand that the offensive line was banged up. The offensive line wasn't uh, performing well enough for the Bills to operate efficiently. But that's why I don't understand why we don't go to throw a screen pass, throw a slant pattern, do like get the ball out of your hands in two seconds. That's what Burrow and the Bengals did to prevent pressure because their offensive line stunk. Just make an adjustment. It doesn't. It's not rocket science, and they just couldn't get it done. And it's just mind-boggling. So, I think that the the one with the most to prove is Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. And that's what I was going to say in this segment. And that's why I wanted to bring this up. So, the offensive line has at least the effort has been. I'm not going to say that this offensive line this year is definitely going to be the best in the league or anything like that. We won't know until they play the game. But what I do know is that Bean and McDermott made every effort that they could within the constructs of the salary cap to get Josh Allen an offensive line that's going to um, be able to protect and hopefully prevent those mishaps in the playoffs. So if, if he is able to get the protection – I think it gives us the best chance to win. So I think that, you know, again, the the position coach with the most to prove is Aaron Cromer to get that done, to change that narrative um, on the offensive line that these guys, you know, aren't protecting Josh, and that's why we're not winning games. I definitely like it, Montage. I think that, you know, that's that, that goes kind of co- – goes hand-in-hand hand with – the offense needing to be the thing that needs to be better, right? We've seen defensively the way that this Bills squad can hold up. And, yeah, there are times that we can be more aggressive, sure. There's times that we don't get to the quarterback when we want to, sure. But defensively has not really been our biggest, like, our, our biggest weakness, right? It has been the woes of the offense, and I think the offensive line has a lot to do with that. So, Montage, I really like that one. And, of course, um, real fast, too, I see that you got uh, a comment right here real fast from Johnny saying, uh, Josh has the best offensive line depth this season. And I mean, Montage, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a, exactly what I mean. I think that, again, I'm not going to promise they're going to live up to their potential. When you look at, you know, you have Brandon Shell coming in to compete with Spencer Brown, let the best man win at right tackle. You've got um, guards in McGovern, Edwards, Bates, and Osiris Torrance. Those four two out of those four should be able to come up and be two solid guards. You got Mitch Morse in the middle. We hope he stays healthy. And then Deion Dawkins, our rock on the left side. And so we have the opportunity here this year to have that offensive line really take this team to the new heights that we've wanted. And that's why I'm excited to the season. I don't understand all the slander and all the things that people are saying just because other teams got players that, you know, our names and they have to fit the scheme. They still have to come in, learn the scheme and do, and play. So 
although we didn't get Jalen Ramsey, we didn't get any necessarily star, five-star player, you know, blue-chip player this year, even though we did go out and get Leonard Floyd on the defensive side with Puna Ford and those kind of guys. We made solid improvements all offseason. We re-signed Jordan Player, too. Yeah, we have our safety tandem healthy and ready to go. It's like I don't get the the, the perspective that these this team's going to go anywhere other than back to 13 wins, back to a division title, back to the playoffs, and competing for a Super Bowl. Freaking well said, Montage. I love it. If you guys are just now tuning in, though, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built of Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And, of course, Montage is talking a lot more about this up. Offensive line has been revamped. We've seen the depth added. We've seen the way that they drafted. We are completely understanding of the way that this regime is trying to move this offense forward, right? So, Montage, that's going to take us into our final segment here on the sit-down. The one, the uh, usual, and the uh, only, getting saucy. freaking month of no football right you know it's june all right get the heck out of here it was nice it wasn't too hot it's getting smoky outside again i don't know but that must mean that the bills are about to set the world on fire this season the way that they're going to come out and punch everybody in the mouth everybody that thinks the dolphins are going to take it everybody that thinks the jets are going to take it everybody even thinks there's a chance in hell that the patriots are going to take it that's hilarious by the way there is not a chance in hell guys this buffalo Bills squad has only been revamped it's revitalized it has only improved and more experience under its belt and has dealt with more adversity continuously season in and season out. And that's why this year they're going to come out. They're going to start us off nice with training camp. We all get a chance to get a taste of some Bills football. Then in August, we're going to have ourselves a preseason football. And then, boom, it's September. And the all, all of a sudden, it is the week one of the NFL regular season. And we are going to have ourselves another run at that level. Lombardi trophy that this city of Buffalo and the entire fan base of Bill's Mafia deserves. And that's Montage. That's me getting saucy this week. So make sure to join us here next Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, right here in the sit down, hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms and co hosted by my guy, the president of Built in Buffalo, also the co host of the Buffalo Blitz at Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Mr. Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson BIB on Twitter. And of course, this is presented by Dust Famous Wings, Built in Buffalo Networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bills Mafia, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>